Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Welcome to uh, another episode. Um, uh, we are joined by our new guest, Wasim, um, uh, who will be guiding us through uh, what the story and the struggles are of uh, entrepreneurship combined uh, with uh, studies in higher education. Um, so can you please introduce uh, yourself to us, Wasim, because you do have a very interesting background. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for being. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, very happy to be here. So uh, I'm Wasim. I was born and raised here in Brussels. Um, I'm studying at the K Leuven at the moment. I'm doing two master degrees: one in business engineering and the second one in uh, strategic marketing. Um, both finishing this year. So two theses to write is a uh, quite a pain in the ass, but I'll manage. <laughs> and it's been a little, little less than two years that I've decided to uh, launch my business. Well, at least to get started, to get started with my co-founder. Uh, yeah, it was end of 2019, beginning 2020, we started. Um, and it's been quite a ride ever since. We've uh, launched a community of Belgian entrepreneurs called the Network of Belgian Entrepreneurs. A bit more than a year ago, we've gathered more than 2,500 members. And we're also building a tech startup around that. And our whole vision is pretty much to... to um, democratize entrepreneurship and to make you know help people take that leap of faith and make it easier make that first step towards entrepreneurship a whole lot easier that's our whole vision and yeah it's been quite a ride since we've started and we've decided to get started we've get, we've learned a lot we've grown a lot but we still have a long way to go okay i think you can wrap up this episode because um I know what your challenges as an entrepreneur are uh you're doing two <laughs> master degrees you're setting up a networking uh, organization. Uh, you have a tech startup. So, <laughs> so I will catch you next week. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> no, but uh, okay. Let, let, um, why, while you're studying, do you start? And like, you're not only do, like you're doing two mm -hmm. degrees. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not going to even ask why. I'm just going to put ask the why to. While you're doing two studies, why do you uh, decide to become an entrepreneur? Why don't you wait until you're graduated? Well, the reason is I did my uh, I started my master at the Leuven business engineering. I was hoping something very interesting, and to be honest, I was, I was quite disappointed in my first master's. I didn't get anything of it. No feeling of satisfaction. I didn't feel like I was learning or growing, and I really wanted a next challenge, something to to grow, something to learn, and. Um, being ambitious and being having something you know wanting something on my own i thought you know entrepreneurship seems like a interesting choice I was quite naive at the moment but that uh, i do it again every day and it's because i didn't get any satisfaction from my studies that i wanted to get launched okay um and so if i understood you correctly uh, you've been combining uh, your um your heavy studies i'm assuming they're they're not easy especially since you're combining multiple things uh, with your entrepreneurship. So before going into the entrepreneurship part, like, uh, does it? Do you suffer in your school performance? Like, what what gets your priority? Actually, I... okay, my priority is my startup. From and I've been very clear with that with my environments. It's my startup. I do want to get that degree. You know, I've I've invested a lot of time in it, but my priority remains my startup. And it's honestly not that complicated. Once you kind of have a good ish time management. It's manageable because, you know, 
you don't need to go to class, at least in my degrees. You don't need to go to class. You know, you have the course material, you have the exam date, and that's it. Figure it out. And that flexibility has helped me a lot throughout the last two years. Do you, um, while you're time managing, you know, you say, oh, you, if you do time management and this and that, all I'm hearing is, no, I don't go to parties. Um, I don't hang out with people. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not about, <laughs> is this correct? <laughs> Actually, we, we, if, if you recall, we tried to do this uh, episode uh, a while back, maybe multiple times, and we couldn't because Wasim was traveling, you know? Wait, in was... my defense, I had two great excuses. Well, I mean, yeah, so many do you still have time to travel? Uh, no, no, no. You know? The first time I was not traveling, I was... Uh, you, you yeah, remember, was, Emerald, you were meeting the minister it. of? Yeah. Of um, youths, Brussels, and media. So the minister himself, like his assistant, uh, sent me mail sending, hey, the minister wants to meet you tomorrow for an informal discussion. I'm like, fuck yes, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so yeah, indeed, I've, I've been, my, my apologies for <laughs> rescheduling twice. No, that's not fine. I'm just saying like, you know, so at least you keep, aside from the from things that keep you really busy, you still keep, have time for, you know, a, a good, you know, say a good social life in a sense. So, which is just good, you know, it's a, it's a healthy, uh, it's a healthy way to, um, to go about life. How many hours right? do you sleep? I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of having healthy eight hours of sleep. I've read a, why we sleep. Oh, it's an awesome book. Yeah. And, yeah, ever since I've read it, I'm a huge advocate of having good sleep because uh, I don't I don't mess with my sleep. Yeah, no, no, it, it really, really is an awesome book. Actually, uh, Med and I discussed. Uh, uh, this is one of the first things that yeah. Med and I discussed when we met for the the first time uh, several years ago. It was a discussion about the importance <laughs> of sleep uh, because I, I was reading uh, that book back then. But okay, um, enough about the chit chat. So um, you have a tech <laughs> startup. Um, what is it? Um... Okay, so our tech startup is called Meet Connor, but we're launching soon in the coming one or two weeks. And pretty much what Meet Connor is, is a digital best friend for founders. We help founders from go from an idea to a first client and make the whole startup journey faster, more efficient, and also a whole lot safer. And we try to help people who are ambitious, who want to build startups and have entrepreneurial ambitions to help them make their first step, you know? be the ones holding their hands from an idea to a whole startup. Okay. The launch is imminent. Yeah, so it is. a lot of the problems you will face are yet to come. Of course. Um, so uh, in, in the past uh, few years um, or, or the past year, um, while we're, you were doing this, uh, you did come across uh, hurdles, barriers, um, challenges can you tell us more mm -hmm. about uh those things of course first of all it's um getting aligned it's first the team uh the team aspect so i have a great co-founder called maxence my first co-founder we met throughout the studies and uh, first is getting aligned with my team you know having the same ambition same vision and being on the same page and that was difficult at the beginning to you know be aligned with our values and ambitions for the startup once we had all the difficult discussions and the important discussions, that was one of the biggest hurdles we, you know, we, we overcame together. We're both students as well. So combining both our studies with the startup was also definitely a challenge. Next is then getting started, 
but not only getting started, but advising others on entrepreneurship, because that's pretty much what we do, as we're ourselves discovering every day on the job what it is to be a tech entrepreneur, what it is to build a tech startup. And yet at the same time, we're advising others to how to make the whole process more efficient and more fast and also more safe. You know, so it's a constant learning journey and also giving journey to other entrepreneurs who's, who are getting started, who, who are where we have been one and two years ago. Uh, so you would say the, the biggest challenge that you faced was that you were discovering and as you were discovering, you were yeah. teaching others. Exactly. Exactly. We were discovering a lot of tech entrepreneurship, which is very challenging. And at the same time, you know, we wanted to build something, a, a tech startup we're building right now, which we're launching soon. We're building that. That's pretty much explain others what we have done and how you can do it faster, more efficiently, and how you can, you know, make that whole startup journey uh, more to the point, you know, and we had to go through all the uh, struggles of, you know, finding the, pro the uh, problem solution fit, finding the pro product market fit, you know, getting the right amount of money in, getting all the legal shit in order, all the financial things in order, you know, applying for subsidies, what's your pain in the ass, you know, uh, building a first MVP on a no-code platform and also struggling as a tech, uh, one of our biggest uh, challenges as well has been to build a tech platform without having any CTO involved directly in the platform. We're in contact with a bunch of developers. We've had a, a freelancer or two who've had, lent a hand here and there, but it's, they have no equity in the team. You know, we have no one with who can actually code in the team. And that has been a challenge at the uh, beginning of this whole tech startup journey, but we've managed our way around mostly thanks to no-code and low-code platforms were really a game-changer in this entire industry, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, th that's, well, that's a really cool topic on itself, but uh, I want to start off with the, yeah. with the surprise uh, because, you know, when, when we reached out to you, um, I said, hey, uh, Wasim, I, I want to focus on a on one topic uh, because I don't want to take it too broad. Uh, the episode where it's too broad, I think, lacked the depth and impact. And you said, hey... Um, the, uh, the the struggles of uh, of being a student and and uh, being an entrepreneur at the same time. But now I'm listening to your story, and I don't hear any struggles related to being a student. Well, okay, fair enough. But it, it is challenging as well, to be completely honest. For example, uh, my first degree in business engineering, I was actually already supposed to finish it, but I did, you know, grab along my thesis and never really passed it. And now it's my last chance this year to finish it because I've been doing that for a bit too long. So it is definitely challenging for sure. Uh, this summer, I want to do my whole thesis in three weeks. And that's when I didn't really apply Matthew Walker's principles of eight hours of sleep. So, <laughs> so it definitely is challenging for sure to combining studies with a startup. You know, at the end of the day, you have a bunch of assignments, a thesis to write, a thesis of 24 credits. It's a whole lot. People spend six months only focusing on that. I want to do that in the summer in between, you know, my startup, which is not realistic. So setting priorities when you're studying two degrees and launching a tech startup when you're learning on the job is definitely a challenge as well. You know, I have when every day I wake up, my, my to-do list has 20 things to do on from assignments to buying stuff to fucking clients uh, meetings to meetings with my team to improving our MVP to email listing, you know, I'm doing a thousand one thing at the same time for my startup and then thousand one thing at the same time for my two degrees. So um, 
I wouldn't say it's easy at all. But did I read you correctly? <laughs> like um, your studies mm-hmm. suffered from this in the sense that you should have finished your thesis already, but you haven't yet, and this is purely because you choose to focus on the uh, on the startup. Hundred percent. My studies have suffered. Hundred percent. There's no denying it. I uh, I took the decision of my second degree. It's a one year degree. I took it, the decision to do it in two years. So I had two lighter years, and that's that was manageable. Then my first degree, business engineering, is a big thesis, and I never really put the time and effort to you know sit down for two months straight, three months straight, and write that stuff down. You know, do the whole regression analysis. So I don't know what I have to do for that. So yeah, it is for sure. It has had an impact on my studies for sure. Especially my first so, degree. Yeah, go ahead, so, man. Yeah, yeah. The way, sorry, uh, the way I understand correctly. Uh, so mm-hmm. there, there, so aside from the studies, there are two things here. One is, you started this organization in a sense to, to kind of help, or um, kind of gather it in a sense. You know, just have like a a a, a just a group or a community where. People who are students who want to be entrepreneurs mm-hmm. can have like a home in a sense. We can have like a place where they can communicate and talk. That's one. And two is what you're launching now as a business. Is Am I understanding this correctly? 100%. But okay. on the other hand, yeah. the network was also a way of validating our product and getting early adopters and or early users. Okay. Okay. And the challenges you see when you talk about the challenges of new entrepreneurs or students becoming wanting to become entrepreneurs you're more focused on well they to relate a bit but you're more focused on this network that you had and how it was more difficult maybe from the experience of these people or this student for them to jump into the entrepreneurship is that is that what's happening yeah exactly so it's not just your experience but also other people in in the group of course, no, absolutely, absolutely. We don't pretend we're uh, tech gurus just yet, but we do allow others you know, to share the expertise with the whole community. Do you, um, so the, we talked about you being a student and the studies that you're balancing uh, while being an entrepreneur. Um, but on the other side, there's the, the, the big bad world. Um, have you uh, had issues with people maybe taking you less seriously, like you're an entrepreneur, but you don't even have a degree yet, or you're just a student? Because the perception in in society is generally, you're a student, that's your job. And basically, you're not a productive member of society, um, because you're going to learn how Mm -hmm. to work once you join the workforce. Uh, uh, But here you are, you're, you're a student and an entrepreneur. Did this work against you? Or was it an advantage when people hear what you're doing? Does it get your respect or disrespect? Well, that's a great question. And it depends on the background of the people. If it's people who are like um, not at all involved in entrepreneurship, it's maybe family members as well or friends who are not really involved saying, how the fuck are you doing studying and uh, launching a business? You know, pick your battles. But when it's to actual entrepreneurs, you know, tech entrepreneurs, people in the business, they don't care what you do. They don't care if you study or not. They don't care what you're doing. Uh, you know, with your life. The only thing they care is, do you create value with your project or startup? That's the only thing they care about. Did you find or are you on the way of finding that holy grail of the product market fit? That's all they care about, you know? If you have a product that fits, that, you know, that works and you have recurring revenue, who cares what degree you have? Who cares what you're studying, where you're studying, in what language you're studying? No one cares about that. If you have a startup that runs, that matters. And I did notice that with people who are actually 
relevant to me, relevant in my network, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, mentors, people of advisory board, the people that I actually care about, they don't mind. They don't care if I study or not. Sometimes I tell them, you know, this week I won't be as much available. I have thesis to write or I have this to do. And they get it. But they know, they know and they see and they read the passion and energy we have, me and my team. And I think that plays a role, you know. People in this young phase don't get behind us because they believe in the product, they believe in the team. And I think we've scored points on that on that front. People believe in us. They see yeah, the they see my your two energy, co-founders, what like, we have. Uh, even through the screen, I can see your energy. So <laughs> I, I also have confidence in you. <laughs> but... Um, so uh, oh, now, now I forgot my question. Oh, okay, I had a really good question. Well, I can actually. go. I can. Well, I, I'll come back if it's good. Um, let me <laughs> go with this one. Um, so, um, uh, see now, mine is going. No. Um, so how could? So in, I think, in in the. For an entrepreneur, the other thing, two, two entrepreneurs are the same. Let me put it this way. Let me let me rephrase. Let me rephrase the whole thing. If I tell you Mark Zuckerberg did uh, did these steps, and I'll, I'll lay him out exactly how they, he did, and he reached he reached this success that he has with his uh, whatever uh, you know company name is today. You try to repeat the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. You bring someone say, "Hey, here, you're a student. You're about, you know, you're in school now. Same where we are, same age as him. Here's everything. You repeat what he does. It's not going to work. I of think course. we would agree. So, what I'm trying to get into is that uh, in entrepreneurships, in general, no two are the same in a sense. Yeah, you could replicate certain things, and you could, you know, some things would resemble, of course, but they're not the same. So, how could you say? How how do you manage to kind of advise, um, or or kind of have a way for for uh, for especially young ones to get started when it, the whole point for it to be unique and different and original and I think the only thing between them which I'm gonna keep for later there there's something between all these entrepreneurs right there's something having common but I can I'll bring that later but not now okay but how that's, a, you, that's yeah. a great point that's a great point and indeed every story is different nonetheless there are several steps several you know lines in the whole entrepreneurship journey it are the same for everyone for the first aspect being the same for everyone is launching a business being an entrepreneur comes hand in hand with personal development you know you have to understand yourself what type of person you are and how you work in a team and as a leader as a founder you're going to be a leader you're going to have you're going to need leadership skills and those depend on who you are that's why the first step of our whole startup guide this is how we offer advice to our startup guide the first step is personal development, personal knowledge. <clears throat> Sorry. We, we emphasize, you know, what type of personality are you? What are your skills, hard skills, soft skills? And what should you get? What, what kind of support should you get? You know, that's the same for everyone. What do you want to launch in biotech sector? What do you want to launch in real estate? Whatever. You need to understand yourself first before launching, you know, and then understanding the problem solution fit, you know, understanding what the problem is, how to talk to clients. How you know they get feedback? That's also pretty much the same. You know, we we try to implement the lean feedback, the lean feedback loop, and the lean methodology within our entire startup guide, and that's the same for everyone. Okay, sometimes you're gonna have it to invest a bit more for MVP than the other sectors, of course. But when it comes to you know gathering feedback and having that whole feedback loop and that whole lean loop and making that more short and more to the point, that's the same for everyone. 
And then there's another aspect that's also a big aspect of our startup journey and startup guide. And I haven't talked about it yet, actually. It's the matching between entrepreneurs. You know, we a big aspect of our position is going to be matching entrepreneurs with one another, a kind of Tinder for entrepreneurs. Because the biggest aspect, and I talked about it, it's team. It's one of the most important aspects of team, you know, finding the right people to have a, as a co-founder, as a CTO, whatever. And that's one of the biggest challenges. As you know, I'm in contact with a lot of entrepreneurs and startups. And just last week, I already saw other startups failing and having to close doors because of co-founder disagreements. And mm. shit can get far, you know, you get lawyers involved, you know, they get, have to go before the the, the, the court the bank yeah. in Dutch. <laughs> exactly, the court. Um, so the team aspect is huge. And that's also something we want to offer. And once again, if you're in the real estate sector or biotech sector, you need the right team to get started. And that's something we offer as well. And then obviously, as soon as, as you go further in the startup guide, when we talk about pricing and branding, then it will be more depending on what type of industry you're in, depending on the competitors and how the market looks like. But then we also, in our startup guide, allow for flexibility depending on the sector. So th does that mean that there are people that you, you talk to and you say, look, you're not made for this, you know, go back to you, you know, look up, look and find an eight to five. <laughs> and not really, I mean, it's a really, it's a serious question. No, but um, I know we never do because I don't believe you're born an entrepreneur, to be fair. I don't believe that. I, I'm not a big fan of talent. I'm more a fan of hard work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think everyone with the right drive could become an entrepreneur. So I could, I could become Sorry? Michael Jordan. Well, maybe. <laughs> I work hard. Uh, well, you could become the Michael Jordan of entrepreneurship for sure. I believe that. Because, you know, sports has a physical aspect that we don't have. You know, we don't need to... to But ankles, we to, might to have like the, the psychological or the mental uh, aspects. Of, but I mean, I'm not saying people are, aren't having strengths and weaknesses for sure. And that's the whole part of self-development journey. But I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying that because you have weaknesses and because others have strengths that you don't necessarily have, that you're doomed to fail. I'm saying learn what your strengths are, learn what your weaknesses are. And depending on that, play your cards right. And if you play them right, you can build something that is successful. I, I, I agree as far as every person is special in a sense. They have some strength. That's for sure. Right? Now, sometimes you cannot find them. But I did also learn in life that you can't fix stupid. Some Fair people simply don't get it. Really, they don't get it. And, you know, funny thing, you know, I, I there's a story I'm going to throw right now. Uh, I had a back in school and I was still in... You know, sort of kid, you know, in school. This kid was really bad, right? He wasn't studying at all. And the teacher was up to him, like, hey, how come you don't do your homework? You do nothing. You know, you're a bad students, in a sense. That's what you told him. And he's like, like, well, you know, teacher, look, if we all were good students, then who's going to sell tomatoes in the market? Wow. Right? <laughs> and, and, you know, I bring this because this person, as much as you say about him, right, he knew himself, right? I mean, he, he set mm -hmm. the bar for him what he wants, right? That's okay. it. He does not interested in school, for example. And he would look for other ways. So I just want to say, I, you know, I, that's I a very profound statement for a kid. But how much is it the kid uh, saying what he thinks uh, or parroting what the people around him told him? Like, this is your limit. But that's a different discussion. I'm that's sure. Discussion. I'm sure he wanted to make us laugh in the class yeah. more than, you know, you know, when the teachers being like abusive to him, he wanted yeah. to kind of come back, which is he did a great job on that. <laughs> but but I, I think there's some truth into his statement as far as he knows that he's probably not capable, 
maybe he doesn't believe in himself. What's up? Something is missing. Maybe they don't sense. have the drive. They're like, I'm capable. I just don't want because the a person who can make that statement. That's such a profound statement. I believe it's a sign of very it, that's intelligence in a you know it, it's a very funny or cheeky remark, but it it's I very think, deep. I th- yeah. Well, I think I think it's deep. I think it. it I wouldn't call it. I would call it intelligent, but I call it um, uh, knowing your path, knowing like where you want, yeah, you want to do. Yeah, self-aware. Self-awareness, yeah, self-awareness, and also, you know, which means I'm not saying this guy. I don't think in his mind, like, you know, I'm gonna go just simply sell tomatoes in the market. Mm-hmm. But he's thinking, look, maybe the effort I'm gonna do to study, I'm not gonna be the best at it, and maybe it's not gonna have a good outcome for me. Maybe I have other things. Maybe I'm yeah. I'm enjoying this moment now. But but again, it's that self awareness. That's exactly why I brought it up, right? That's kind of <laughs> knowing yourself. Yeah, which 100%. which 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 is yes, great. Um, did you look and, him and, up? And like, did he, is he like the tomato king now? It's like, like <laughs> uh, your one stop shop for tomato, <laughs> canned tomatoes, great tomatoes, yeah, dry tomatoes, fresh you know, tomatoes, the tomatoes. monopoly of tomatoes <laughs> in all of Africa now. You know, right? we, we owe an apology if that's the case. You know, <laughs> I know, I know, you know, maybe. Well, maybe he didn't go through yeah. your hands uh, with him too. You know, maybe you could have shaped him to be the. the but I meant, know, I want to pick it on your point and then connect it to the to the Tinder idea, right? So, um, you say you match people, okay? That brings up a yeah. very interesting question about, uh, you know, how do you know somebody is actually capable of being an entrepreneur? You, say, you know, you believe everybody through hard work can become an entrepreneur, but how do you? Um, profile people like you said we're a tinder mm-hmm. I, i'm not on tinder never been on tinder i have to almost say this every time okay. we talk about tinder <laughs> but i i sort of <laughs> uh, my wife uh, listens sometimes to the episodes <laughs> so uh, I, but i think i know how tinder works is that you see a picture and you see a short mm-hmm. d- description like uh, you know I, yeah. I like dogs i, I like traveling mm-hmm. um, and then you look at mm-hmm. the pictures and then you swipe left or right which is a completely different approach than i I think there was match match.com yeah. i think because i i was also not on that platform but there was this platform <laughs> that really asked you like uh 200 questions built up like the psychological profile of you and then it tried mm-hmm. to do a yin yang ma- matching thing yeah. so um first of all do you apply such profiling yeah to, to mm-hmm. met's point like do you say like oh this this one will be an awesome entrepreneur or not Secondly, do, okay. do you match them in that way? And when you're matching people, do you look for people, you know, said shared values, etc. But do you look for cont- complementary things or, um, you know, yeah. Okay, I get that. Okay, but those are two different points. Let me first get back to Matt's first point about, you know, the tomato guy and self-awareness. <laughs> because to be fair, that's great points. But where our, our uh, slogan is digital best friend for founders we're not addressing the entire population. We address people who have an idea, who have the, dr- the ambition already to get started. They already have made a first step. They already have like some kind of idea or ambition to get started. We don't tell everyone, you know, if you're a consultant at nine to five or whatever, and you're happy to it, go for it. You know, if that's what you you're aim to do, go for it. But I know from experience myself, you have the ambition to get started. You want to launch a business, a project. You have no clue where you get started. We're overwhelmed by information nowadays. We don't know what to get started. Do we take an online course? Do we read 25 books? Do we you know, listen to a bunch of TED, TEDx talks? What do we do? And that's the question we want to answer. You know, 
making the whole startup journey clearer for those who want to get started. And I'm not saying everyone should become an entrepreneur. I'm saying those who should be, who want to be, should have the, the right guidance to become, you know, become entrepreneurs and make the whole startup journey faster. And I respect, you know, a guy who says, I want to sell tomatoes at the market. We need those kind of people. If that's what makes him happy, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. If yeah. he has something that, you know, that drives him. I love that, you know, I love that. I've, I, you know, as, as Med knows, our family is in the sandwich business. I love the working at my parents' sandwich base. I love doing that, you know, and I wouldn't mind. I've actually considered that several times, taking the whole business over and, you know, completely changing yeah. the entire thing. In a way, entrepreneurship have loved is that. also, I think, doing what, what makes I'm, you happy. So you're like, I, I'm selling tomatoes, I'm happy. I don't need to, you know, go. So that, that fits in there as well. Eh? Of course. You know, we're in a niche business, tech entrepreneurship. Cool. And we're, you know, addressing tech entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general getting started. But we don't claim everyone should be, you know. And and I love self-awareness. And I think that's the key for everyone. That's not one size fits all, one path fits all for, for so everyone. So you're not society. handing out flyers at the school board, at the university, you know, like, hey, well, quit your studies, Zuckerberg quit his studies, no, 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 Bill no, Gates no, no. quit his studies, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, uh... No, we're not doing that. We, we might start flyering at universities, but we're not going to tell people, you know, to quit and join us, you know. I'm not some kind of a entrepreneurship guru or, or prophets to, to tell them what to do. But those who want to get started... We got their back. Hey, I know I asked, yeah, I know I asked that the, question, but I, I have a follow-up on this one. It's, um, let's say, hypothetically, um, I offer <laughs> you $1 billion now um, uh, <laughs> as funding for your company. Would you quit your studies? Okay. Of course. $1 billion, of what, course. What about for uh, $20 million? Of course, as well. Okay. Is there, at what point would you say no? Like, why do you still want your degree? At this point, <laughs> that's a good point. At this point, honestly, just about not wasting the time I've already invested in my studies. You know, it's just it would be just a bad investment. And right now, I don't really care too much about the studies. Well, I care about the courses. I learned a lot, to be fair, especially my second degree. But the, the last point, the thesis writing is so abstract and not really relevant. I'm not, uh, you know, adding anything to society while I might with my startup. But I'm just doing it right now to not, you know, not have invested all this time for nothing. But if you tell me, you know, your startup can get somewhere really fast, really to the point, if you quit right away, I mean, I can write to season in a couple of years. I can put a pause on my studies. No, a pause no worries. on your studies. Mm -hmm. Well, a pause at the moment, yeah. But I mean, if I see that uh, the whole startup thing is going really well, I don't mind quitting at all. At this point, it's also more, more about my parents as well. You know, we have Moroccan parents. You know how they are. <laughs> so, how are they? Yes. They're doing great. No, 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 they're like, great. They're, uh... <laughs> no, I'm glad you're doing great. You said, you know how they are. Like I mean, they, they, they place a lot of value. They oh, place okay, a lot okay, of okay. value on, on the degree. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah okay. Yeah. That's very recognizable. Yeah. That, that's that put a, yeah. I think for everyone well, out I mean, there, it's, it's... I think the way you put it, yeah. So if you are close to the finish line, yeah. doesn't matter what it is, you want to yeah. cross that line, right? You're close. Exactly. Close I to, actually, yeah, so. uh, when I finished uh, high school, um, uh, I went to my mom. I said, well, um, I'm going to open a shop, a computer shop. I'm going to sell, you know, computers. She said, okay, but I want you to get a degree first. Like, as, as, your, yeah. as your mom, typical reaction. I, I yeah. literally want yeah. one thing from you, like, go get a degree. And that, you know, ended up like 10 years later doing a PhD in history of all things. And you go, like, what happened? <laughs> I was, I, all I wanted was to start a computer shop. <laughs> so I understand what the, the, the you oh, know, like your, your parents, they, they place a lot of importance on this. So, um, so, but I get it as well. I get the perspective. You know, they've worked hard their entire life and, you know, they've, their aim was to make sure we can study as a kid. So I get it. And also, you know, I also put value on, on my studies for sure. 
But I do think with my startup, I can get somewhere in life more than writing two theses that not a lot of people are going to read. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. sense. But now, uh, going back to your question about the matching, about the Tinder, the way the, the reason I'm saying Tinder for entrepreneurs is because it's easily recognizable. We match people. But obviously, we're not matching on a swipe algorithm and not whether they look good to get um, to get matched because that's a whole Tinder uh, reasoning behind. I do have Tinder. <laughs> <so I know. laughs> but, but so what we're doing and what we're aiming to do is to match them based on two things. And actually, my uh, second thesis is about co-founder creation in new ventures. And the academic literature says two things about creating new, uh, well, co-founder creation in new ventures. You either find people you're aligned with um, with the vision, well, uh, sympathetically, like meaning you have your friends, you're on the same page, you love each other, and you know you're good friends, pals, good colleagues. Those are people you can uh, match with, or those you have complementary skills. Someone can code the platform, call I can do the sales and the marketing, and a third guy can do the, know, the operation and HR. Complementary skills. Those are the two main foundation of a good team that functions in young startups. You can have either one of those or a healthy combination of both. And that's what we're also going to implement in the startup. You know, we're going to ask questions about what do you want, what you're looking for, what industry, what role, and try to have a, a, a put some kind of a quote on the soft skills, hard skills, and the vision and ambition for a startup project. Both as a startup leader, one with an idea, and both as a co-founder who'd like to join one. And we already had a couple of MVPs. You know, we had a find your co-founder uh, a forum. We did a Google forum where we told people, Tell us what you're looking for, and we'll see if we find someone. We need to find your technical co-founder with the Le, Le Wagon Coding School, Coding School in Brussels, where we matched people with ideas with technical uh, I'm sorry, profiles the, the, the from forum, the Coding uh, School. Is it like a, a qualitative <laughs> forum, like where it's like free text fields, or is it like multiple uh, selection? Both, both, both. We we try to do as much selection as possible, but then once in a while we could ask, like, could you clarify in more detail what you're looking for? Because it's done manually anyway. We did, our team did the matching, so we could you know go through it one by one and read the details. It's not automated matching. It wasn't at the time, at least. Okay. Um, so uh, you've been doing this for you, you. You haven't launched yet, but you you are. You have some early adopters. Mm -hmm. um, do yeah. you uh, have uh, success that came out of pure luck versus success that came out of uh, uh, insight that you gathered over a, like uh, over the year of working on this, or do you don't have success stories? Oh, well? it's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a bunch of insights. You know, the, the main, you know, the main advantage of having community on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Discord is that we have a lot of people who are our target audience that we have gathered, you know, on one platform. And what we've done, we've talked with a bunch of entrepreneurs, people interested in entrepreneurship. We've done a bunch of, bunch of interviews and surveys. And the number one thing we discovered, the insights we gathered is when you have an idea, an ambition to get started, or you have something young, a young project, the main challenge is what's next? You know, what do I do next? How do I find my way in this entrepreneurial jungle that is ahead of me? And that's what we try to answer, you know, be the best friend, the guide in this entrepreneurial jungle. And actually, our whole branding is around you're in an actual jungle, in a physical jungle. And we're the, 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 the our, our logo is orangutan, actually. The orangutan is the wise guide who's going to guide nice. you to the jungle of information, of entrepreneurship, of challenges ahead. We're going to guide you through it. Yeah. Um, do, do you charge people or is this like... Um free mentoring but uh they give you equity or 
No, at the moment, so at the moment we haven't charged people, but for the, the launch we're gonna have soon, we're gonna uh, we're gonna charge people. It's still very affordable. It's thirty bucks for our tenor startup guide. Our startup guide is eleven levels, going from introduction, problem definition, market definition, up to you know branding, pricing, how to pitch, and how to look for investors. And we explain in layman's terms with the right tools, right frameworks, you know, the right expertise from the right books and experts. Explain from in, in layman's terms, you know, even a five-year-old could read. How do you do all these steps? How do you achieve all these tasks? And for the entire guide, we ask 30 bucks. And the most important part for this MVP, this first launch, is also to gather a lot of feedback, to talk to the first users. And we already had a, have a lot of people interested to join that startup guide and to, you know, get access to that uh, first version of the startup guide to get their startup ongoing. And in return, obviously, we also get a lot of feedback and can implement our first lean loop that I talked about earlier. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're. Will- I, I don't know talk. if you're gonna willing be willing to answer my next question. <clears throat> but uh, you know, you said uh, for people who who have an idea or, or like a seed of an idea to to start something, the big question is what's next. So. Uh, just what what's next <laughs> for no, me you mean no, for, for my project for, let's say uh, you know because if i understand correctly like somebody has a as an mm-hmm. idea you know they they, they join and yeah. you say you, we're going to um uh, put you through this uh this uh, 10 uh, 10 step course but like the, the gist of it like the, the main thing what, what's usually next or is it too too different for everybody it is too different because some people already have like a concrete idea. Some people already have an MVP. You know, some people have MVPs really, really early, you know, first version that already charge people. And some people wait way too long to get launched. Right now we have our guide is 10, uh, 10 level or 11 levels for everyone the same. But for our next version, we really like to, before you get started, tell us where you're at right now. Where's your idea? Even if it's just like a vague idea, you're also welcome We get your back. But if you already have like a first MVP, a website, you're already a bit further ahead in the, in the journey. And then we can, you know, offer our guide more specifically to your needs and challenges. And then your what's next is also going to be different than, you know, someone who simply has an idea or an ambition to get started. So the what's next really depends on where you're at in your journey. And, you know, and, and what's industry as well depends as well, but mostly what have you already achieved so far in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, makes sense. Um, so uh, what I also noticed, um, you, you talk a lot about um, being lean. Yeah. Um, and um, another thing is you mentioned, yeah, while I was, I'm writing my thesis on um, uh, co-founders, finding co-founders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the lean thing is it something you got f- through your studies? Because uh, in your studies, you did something that connects to your uh, entrepreneurship. So, because I just want to say, okay, you're, you're talking about the challenges of being a student while being an entrepreneur, but here I'm seeing maybe advantages of being both a student and an entrepreneur. So, uh, I get your point, but it's the other way around because um, the the topic of entrepreneur, the topic of co-founder, I just picked it two months ago. And so it is because of an entrepreneur who has had people with, with co-founder agreement that I, I, agree. I, I reached I out to d- professor who had the topic. That, but on, on the other hand, okay. uh, now you have... Okay, okay, actually, like, if you didn't have to write this thesis, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to miss out on a lot of academic reading you did to write the thesis. 100%. Like, oh, I'm too busy. Yeah. Who, who cares what, what's written in the books? I'll, <laughs> I'll figure it out. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's, that's indeed. And when that's indeed a great point because indeed... I've my uh, in the summer I was like fuck I'm gonna write two thesis this year I'm just gonna pick the easiest topic 
and uh, write it as soon as possible and finish it easy, you know. But then I saw the topics and that actually, this is something super, super, super relevant for me. Like it's, the, the, the stars mm-hmm. have a line for me for this thesis topic to write it. And it's honestly pure luck. I was have, lucky enough to have a professor who was willing to help out. And the professor is also doing a more broader study and co-founder agreements and stuff. And he's willing to share his results of the studies when it's done next year. So I've been very lucky on this. And this is indeed one of the very few cases where being a student and an entrepreneur can be really, really helpful. So yeah, on this case, and what about being like the your your lean mindset? Is this something you knew mm-hmm. about before you went into your studies, or is it something your studies exposed you to, or would you rather say, hey, no, actually, at school, at university, they don't even talk about this stuff. Where, well, as an entrepreneur, I think this is really important. Like it's one of the the core methodologies yeah. that you seem to be carrying around. Yeah. But no, it's definitely something we've never wow. learned in school. Even last semester, I had a course of uh, entrepreneurship, it was called SME's Entrepreneurship. And that was the least entrepreneurial I, course I've Matt, had. This, is, this automatically makes me think about our uh, uh, talks with uh, Ben Bastian's, uh, the, you know, teaching, teaching mm-hmm. IT. It's, where, yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, you have these educational institutions preparing people for mm-hmm. the professional life. And they seem to miss out on like these fundamental 100%. basic things that... <laughs> you know, um, why, no, do you think, why do you think uh, lean is important for you? And why do you think it's mm-hmm. not part of the curriculum? Okay, well, I don't think it's part of the curriculum because it's... That's a good question, actually. Why don't we get it? Because I don't think I've ever read lean in any of my courses on any PowerPoints. And I have no idea why it's not in there. Because it's super useful and pragmatic. But the reason is why... I have implemented this because it's crucial. You know, you don't have you don't have a choice. You don't have, you know, the, the mistake I've made at the beginning as well, and that a lot of people make is you ha- you think you have an idea. Okay, there's a problem there. Okay, cool. Identifying a problem is the first step. You have a problem and you think I have the wisdom to have a solution to that problem. I know I know stuff. I'm a smart guy. I'm a charismatic guy. I can do it. This is my solution. I've built it here. I've, I've put some case, uh, some money in that. Here it is. But then you see shit. Actually, it's not really working. People don't have great feedback, and that's normal. That's normal. You, no one is smart enough to come up with a direct solution with a first product that works. And that's what the Lean Methodology entirely does, you know. Learn by doing and step by step, you know. Step by step, a, a continuous progress, a continuous learning process, progress, and a, a customer discovery process. And it's not because I want to do it, because Lean is cool or Lean is, is hype, because I have to do it, you know. Otherwise, we wouldn't get anywhere. Wouldn't get a product market fit. Wouldn't get anywhere with our tech startup. And for the reason why it isn't taught in school, I have no clue. I have no clue because it's absolutely crucial. And it's sad that you know we still have a very theoretical courses and not pragmatic at all. And that's one of the reasons you know I was kind of fed up with school during my masters, and uh, I wanted to launch. I, I think it's it's something to mention is that um, it's not easy to apply lean in a it, well. It needs not 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 easy, but it needs planning. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because you don't have to put the steps. You know, I might do this and this and this and that. So you do have some sort of vision and some sort of breakdown, even of what you're doing. Right. So I'm going to start with this one right now because that's the only thing I can do right now. And then when I get here, I'm going to do this step and this step. And sometimes I think uh, even entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs they lack in the planning parts also. Um, so they might have an idea, but they wouldn't know how to slice it to multiple uh, steps. So uh, it's good that you're able to apply it. That's also a, already a, a good thing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think also a good point as well is I get it that if you learn the Lean Methodology theoretically in a course, it's boring as hell. 
you need, you need to apply it. You know, and I think also, it depends like, on how you I think teach niche. it, right? You can make it very interesting. Okay, yeah, you could with a case study. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I gave a talk to some students in Antwerp, 16 years old, in fifth grade in high school, and they're already launching a, some kind of project with school. Some people are doing like uh, uh, recycled containers, some things in, in clothing at their age, you know, and they can apply their what they taught in school to their project. But imagine, you know, most students are just in class learning stuff to make sure they re- reproduce it at the exam. But when, you know, when I, ha- I have a project now, everything I learn, the first thing I think about in class is how can I apply this to my startup? How can I apply this to my network, to my uh, start, to my social media? I can apply mm-hmm. it, you know. I think also like Nietzsche says, I'm not sure if it was Nietzsche, but he says like all reading that doesn't stimulate to action is useless, you know? And I love that. When you have something that you're just reading, but you can't apply it, it's useless. When you're reading something that you can apply to your life or business or project or whatever, then it's actually So I imagine, you know, in in this utopian future or utopian parallel universe where in your studies, they're instead of writing a thesis, they said, you know, we're going to do a project. It's going to be a nine month project um, and we'll, we'll guide you. Uh, through that project, you'd probably say, okay, this taught me more about entrepreneurship than uh, the theories, but, you know, uh, leaving aside the the dynamics between what you learned academically and, and how you brought that with you. Um, yeah, 100%. 100%. I think, uh, um, but I think it's already feasible in some universities. Also at the K. Leuven, it's possible to do some kind of starter project for your thesis. For me, it wasn't. But depending on some degrees, it might be feasible. I think that would be way more interesting, and I definitely recommend that. And I applaud all the schools that do it as well. My co-founder, by the way, is writing his thesis on our, our startup. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Another uh, bonus uh, out of uh, being an entrepreneur. <laughs> hey, you only talk about the challenges. Well, see, I mean, like, you're hiding all the good stuff. Like, oh, yeah. If, if yeah, you're an entrepreneur while enough. you're studying, you get all this bonus <laughs> stuff, uh, and he keeps it to himself. You, you only find out when you pay. It's like, <laughs> hey, uh, I want to I want to share up a little story I have, um, you know, um, <laughs> about, uh, entrepreneurship and, um, I want to just share it because I think it's a cool story. might be completely unrelated to this. Like, but I have a food truck. I have a food, like, uh, oh. thanks to Corona, of course, it's, it's completely, uh, uh, you know, at a standstill right now. Uh, but I have a food truck and you know how I started this business. Um, the first thing I did was I created a website, uh, with some, nice pictures that I took myself and I put some products on it. And then I started writing to, to festivals like, Hey, I have a food truck. I want to come to your festival. And then they said, they looked at my website and it's like, yeah, sure. Why don't you come? And then they said, can you send us a picture of your food truck? It's like, Oh, I don't have a food truck yet. So I went <laughs> on a website of where I was supposed to buy a food truck. I just be- took that picture. I said, well, <laughs> This is my food truck, but, you know, it's not decorated yet. And he said, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, so I got my first customers. And then I went and got okay. the food truck. And then I started working on the real, like, none of the products on, yeah. on the website are actually were eventually sold. So the first thing I did was I'm going to go out and sell this stuff. Mm-hmm. And once I have customers, I'm going to build it. Uh, so. so you had already, like, clients before you even invested a penny into well, your business. That's not true because I, I spent time building the website. So and taking okay, yeah, but enough, I you enough. know didn't cost me money, it just cost me my time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's that's like a dream of a lot of entrepreneurs and, and something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't have, you know, having already approved. No, of, but of... the reason why I bring this up is we're 
we're always taught like the, the wrong way of thinking, which is you're gonna build the perfect yeah. thing and people are gonna come. Um, whereas, yeah. what are you like? You know, like you say, you you think you're smart. You think you you found the solution, but you know, do you? Are you being maybe blind? Are you being arrogant? Do people even need what you want to build? So that approach of, you know, like also what you're doing, being uh, in contact and communication with your early adopters, finding people who are, who are willing to of give course. you feedback. Um, I think that w- that's like such a basic skill. Why don't you just mm-hmm. tell people about it in their studies? Like don't build before you sell. 100%. Like sell and then build. 100%. I hundred percent agree. On the same page there, you know, and uh, that's what the lean methodology does exactly, you know, and that's why we want, we really it's core to our entire startup guide, our entire you know guidance through okay, this jungle. Okay, you you it's heard it here first. Uh, no, no, no need to join Tema. <laughs> no, no, of, of course I'm I'm uh, I'm joking. There's um, of uh, a lot more to it than uh, than the simple uh, uh, steps. Eh? Okay, well, Matt. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking about the the food truck and <laughs> and 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 the talk to entrepreneurs. I think this is what I described earlier that um, there is no two businesses are the same, right? Yeah. I mean, you could not some certain thing. This one, for example, theoretically, it would be if you told it to someone, say, "Hey, I'm gonna do this," they're gonna be like, "Look, uh, you're gonna waste your time. You, you know, no one's gonna listen to you. You don't have a truck yet." But I think I think what they pick up from your story is the 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 positive thinking that you applied, right? Because mm-hmm. you were you were not prepared. But it's say, easy to think positive because you have nothing to lose. That's positive. the thing. You're not risking anything. Like, but there's a lot of people that do this and, and do nothing after that. So a lot of people would go to say, "Hey, I would like to sell in your in your festival," mm-hmm. but they have nothing behind mm-hmm. it. The festival themselves, they would like to see that there's some commitment. And this is why people invest first before they 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 uh, they expect to have some some uh, some return. If you say, okay. "Well, I will have guaranteed return," a lot of people are not going to take you seriously because there's talk is cheap, like we say, right? It's easy to talk, it's easy to come up with ideas, easy to just spit stuff out. You know, yeah, I think it's uh, just important. I could also, have like okay, positive thinking, but the the larger the leaps are you take, the more dangerous they become, and you don't want to do that. You take tiny steps, like. Uh, after starting the food truck, in, in less than a year, I was on the Gentse Feste, which is like, that's like a huge Ooh, yeah. enterprise. By that time, I had uh, uh, almost 10 people working there um, in, in two different uh, shops. And if I had gone out saying, I'm going to go and be on the Gentse Feste and there's going to be a ton of people working and we're going to be, you know, working around the clock almost for uh, two weeks, uh, setting up things. Build, uh, do, you do that first, mm-hmm. you're not going to get there. Because you're gonna you're gonna miss the point entirely, and I think just the gist of it for me is if mm-hmm. you do it in small steps, it's easier to remain positive because you have nothing to lose. You didn't invest yeah. time that much. You didn't invest money that much. You don't have the dreams start small. Like oh, what if I put this here? What if, before you know it, it's it's starting to grow out of proportion. Because the thing is with your example, even though okay, the festival said yeah, let's go, let's uh, send me a pic. You send a pic, okay, let's go. You can you can be in two weeks. You yes. can get the festival. You don't even have a truck yet. So you say then you have to say to them, I'm sorry, actually I don't have a truck yet. Or, or you, you should lie like I have a uh, I have a problem. I can't be there. But what you, you what you do have is you have a proof of concept. People are actually willing to hire you. So at least you have a validation of your product. You know, and it's already a huge step. 
So maybe what you can do is by next year, by next festival, next edition of that same festival, you have the tr- uh, tr- uh, food truck ready and ongoing. If you have one yes from a festival, who says that there are not any, any other festivals saying going to say the same thing, you know? So even though he hasn't sold yet, he hasn't, you know, invested yet. He has a proof of concept, which is more valuable, in my opinion, than any investment. I would, you I would make. add to that. I would say, you know, once I got once I got my yeses coming in, because I, I had a good concept mm-hmm. as well. It was something different. Once I started getting my yeses in, going from the idea to the implementation was the easy part. It was really was the easy yeah. part. Um, in my opinion, like when when you want to uh, start a business or be an entrepreneur, a lot of people maybe approach it as a as a problem of uh, technicalities technology logistics in reality for me it's not it's about getting the connections mm-hmm. getting the commitments it, it the, the yeah. rest is just buying things and putting things together and and that's easy you know yeah that's why why i call the product market fit the holy grail you know once you have that a whole lot of stuff gets easy, gets easier okay um yeah go ahead Matt I I hear uh, you're about to say something um <laughs> no I'm still trying to formulate my my idea so yeah unless you have a question go for it um no um I'm looking at the clock we made a commitment yeah, to okay. keep our episodes <laughs> <laughs> to, to a certain time box and uh, uh you know at least let's attempt to uh to keep that um uh, so yeah uh, Unless you have any final remarks, I'm going to ask Wasim to um, uh, what do you call, like summarize uh, our episode. All right. So, um, I mean, do you have any final remarks, Matt? No, let, 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 no, no, no. There is not. No, I think, <laughs> I think, I think, um, I think this was very, very. Um, there's lots to digest. That's the thing. Yeah? There's a lot of things that. to process. And and we'll probably, well, we should probably have a follow up after a few months. Sounds good. Uh, because. It's it's really you know because I'm curious to see even what's going to happen you know with your own After journey after the launch right? as so, well it would be really nice to yeah, see yeah exactly. exactly exactly yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I would I don't want to again I don't want to make this to go too long um, the thing that I wanted to the only thing I was kind of curious about is like the profiles that you have in your network as far as who are these people who kind of you kind of are they simply interested for the cool, the coolness of being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. or because um, I think people sometimes it takes people more than um, maybe it takes a little bit in life before they realize. Well, I do want to be an entrepreneur. Okay, I get that hundred percent. But not every one of our community are like young students my age. Oh, yeah. who, okay. You know, we have people who are young professionals who want to launch something next to their studies, and next to their uh, career. I mean, so not everyone has the same profile as I do when it comes to you know academic career and. Uh, and you know a moment in my life but rather when it comes to entrepreneurial ambitions that's where we pretty much have the same profile you know we want to get launched something with not a lot of resources but we don't know how to get started that's where we you know are pretty much the same oh yeah okay makes sense makes, makes sense. sense so yeah 
as a closing remark, I would say it was a very interesting, uh, I mean, a lovely discussion. I think we could have gone for hours. Next time you have a, you have a coffee together, please invite me as well. We will. <laughs> but okay. It was definitely a, a great discussion as well. I loved uh, to be challenged and I have been challenged a lot over the last two years. And that's what you learn. You know, we get actual tough questions, actual, you know, people putting questioning your entire philosophy and mindset. And I think, you know, I, I gave an interview a couple of months ago to Bluevy, uh, like a, a Flemish mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurial magazine. And I did tell them, you know, in my opinion, the, the biggest asset of an entrepreneur is open-mindedness. And open-mindedness in the sense of everything you believe at any moment in time, you might be mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be wrong at any moment in time. And therefore, listen to everyone's opinion. Even if they can't formulate it really well, or even if they're not, you know, as vocal about it, listen to everyone and put into questioning everything. Be confident in yourself. Be confident in what you believe in, but do listen to others because, you know, don't be arrogant uh, uh, to think you have... You are the source of knowledge and wisdom, you know, and some kind of modern Aristotle or something, you know, listen to others. And I think open-mindedness is something that has helped me a lot and hopefully will do so in the future as well. So I think, you know, having talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and having talked to a lot of people, our product makes a lot of sense to them. And we've talked to early users and it does make sense to them. Now, finding that exact product market fits with the exact pricing and having quite of a diverse value proposition because we have, you know, a guide, but also the matching are two different things, you know, and two different ways to approach it and two different type of customers as well. It's not necessarily the exact same people who are going to use the same value proposition. And actually, a third thing we also have, but I'm really close <laughs> no, with no, that, no. We, also have a, we also have actually some kind of legal documents that, uh, uh, that uh, um, founders can use, such as the co-founders agreement, the advisory board agreement, the NDA, but pragmatically for entrepreneurs who get started, you know, we're going to offer that to our community as well as a third aspect of our value proposition. But, you know, so it's a diverse value proposition and making sure we find the right product market fit to combine that and to have the right pricing on that, the right branding on that. It's going to be a challenge for sure, but I'm sure we're on the right paths. And I think uh, uh, the biggest uh, uh, competitive advantage I have compared to other entrepreneurs is the team I have. I have two great co-founders. So I told you about Maxence uh, earlier, but we have a second co-founder who joined like a year ago, who's absolutely amazing as well. And we have great team dynamics uh, who are, you know, for sure, um, one of our competitive advantages as a startup, we have, uh, you know, something unique going on. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious what the future is gonna uh, show, but we have the same drive we had at the beginning, and I'm sure Meet Connor, our Meet new product Connor, is, uh, <laughs> yeah, is gonna be something that, uh, you know, we're gonna offer value to a lot of people who definitely so, need it. Uh, there you have it, folks. Um, we, we had uh, Wasim uh, Saban uh, uh, on our show. Um, I foresee great things for him in the future. We're very grateful to have had you here. Extremely positive energy. A lot of energy is there as well. And a lot of intelligence and wisdom for uh, being at such a young age. Um, I'm not going to wish you any luck because you you don't need it. Um, Thanks I'm, a lot. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, that's, sweet. Uh, that's for people <laughs> where you're like, yeah, good luck. And you're like, yes. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but uh, I, I do look forward uh, to what comes out of uh, out of this stuff. Okay, thanks so, a lot. Let's keep uh, in touch. Where can uh, people get in touch with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, and I'm thankful I have quite a unique name. So no one else has uh, the name Wasim Sabani on LinkedIn, and uh, you can also follow us the Network of Budget Entrepreneurs on Facebook, LinkedIn, and uh, Discord. And we're gonna also launch Meet Connor on social media, every platform. Uh, in the coming weeks or two. Okay, we'll put like uh, we'll put all those links in the in the LinkedIn post. Okay, okay, okay. Perfect. Master Med, where can people find you? 
Uh, me is always at madmed.com. That's M-A-D-M-E-D.com. Okay. My name is Errol Baikal. You can find me on baikal.be. That's B-A-Y-K-A-L. Um, and uh, again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, all. <laughs>